I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. You bet it is, baby. Two minutes past on this Wednesday. Hey, final day of the month of August. You believe we've gotten to this point already? The baseball season ends five weeks from today, October the 5th, I think I believe it is, on that Wednesday. So five weeks from today, you better make your best statement if you want to play October baseball and compete for the top prize, among other things here. What is going on, everybody? Dan Gross' show, right here on 98.7 ESPN. We have hit the middle of the week. I guess we call this the unofficial last week of summer, right? Because... After we get through the holiday weekend, and I know it's still technically summer for a couple more weeks, but it don't feel like it. You know, like everybody's back to work, back to school, and football season is here, right? Football season is right upon us. We come back from Labor Day. It is game week. It is football week. We all have our customs, our traditions. Hey, we got some things planned for you for this show. I am pumped to being able to get this show off and running here with our first football season together, you and I, and all the things we're going to have planned for game week. So that is coming fast and furious, of course, in the not-too-distant future. Harvey Cruz and uh, Tom Bauer, they're with us tonight. They're producing the program with you till 10 o'clock Eastern, as per huge here on 98.7 ESPN. And as always, if you want to be part of the program, it's 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And you can tweet at me, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. I put out the promo tweet for the show, and my good buddy, our good buddy, Dan Graziano, of course, of ESPN fame, he replied to the tweet saying that he looks forward to people accidentally tweeting, uh, tweeting to him about baseball tonight. Because, unfortunately, you know, some folks, you know, just hear the name and they get the two of us confused. It's happened for years, years and years and years. I think the two of us need to do a show. You know, put it on ESPN just so people could, like, see the visual. We are two different people. He's Dan, I'm Dan, but he's Graziano, I'm Grasa. Two people, different, but we love them just the same. It's all good, and we'll have Dan on the show one of these nights, too, uh, as we get rolling here during the football season. Dan actually used to cover baseball. That's when I first met him once upon a time, when he was covering baseball for the Star Ledger in Jersey, and I was just starting out, and we were, you know, Around clubhouses and all that stuff with the Mets and the Yankees. So, yeah, Dan, Dan knows his baseball. Uh, talk about anything. So uh, we'll catch up with him as we move forward down the line. And, yeah, we'll talk plenty of baseball, of course, as we move forward through the night. Yankees trying to make it two in a row. They got the Halos again to close out that three-game series. Later on out west, they'll give the ball to Garrett Cole, see if Aaron Judge cools off. In any way, shape, or form. I mean, the guy is just unbelievably on fire right now. He's got five home runs in the last eight games, continuing that assault on the record books. On pace right now for 64. You know, forget about 61. How about 64 is what Judge is up to here, potentially. And, look, I've said it. I think he's going to do it. But, you know, you wonder if it comes at some sort of a cost, right? Is it at a premium to a certain degree when you're talking about Judge and what he's doing this year? And, you know, we'll get into all that stuff a little bit later on in the program. Teams finalizing, continuing to 
mold their rosters for the upcoming football season. Jets, Giants, the 30 other teams too. Jets had a really busy couple of days, maybe more so than others. Guys who are no longer on the team, now are on other teams, bringing back guys on the practice squad and and that sort of thing. So we'll get into all that. The Jet Brain Trust spoke today, both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. We'll hear from them. Rich Samini took it all in, of course, covers the Jets for ESPN. He'll join me coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll talk a little gangrene football with him. And we'll keep our eyes, of course, as we've been doing the last couple of nights out at Flushing Meadows for the U.S. Open because Serena is taken to the Arthur Ashe Stadium floor court, whatever you want to call it, the next couple of minutes for her second-round matchup against Annette Contevit, who was the second seed on the women's side. And, you know, by all intents and purposes, Serena probably will not find a way to win this match. Um, She's playing a player who is, you know, literally at the top of her game, something you can't say about Serena where she has in her career. So this will be one hell of a Houdini act if she's able to win and continue this run and extend her stay at the U.S. Open. I think I said it the other night when she won on Monday. I said I thought it was an achievement that she just won in the first round because there were no guarantees. Remember, she had won one match, one singles match since June of last year, 2021. So for her to come through and at least get that one on Monday where you had all the pomp and circumstance, you had the ceremonies and all those things, I think that was cool. And I think it was great. But, you know, this is asking a lot to beat a player in top form like Contevi tonight. So we shall see what happens. We'll keep you posted on it, certainly, out there at the USTA National Tennis Center. And we'll also begin in Flushing Meadows tonight. And, of course, that is involving the New York Mets because they continue their series against the Dodgers. Middle game of three. And it'll be interesting to see how much the Dodgers have uh, left in the tank today because a few of them were over at the U.S. Open this afternoon, sitting in the suite, hanging out. You know, I noticed Clayton Kershaw was there. Gavin Lux was there. Gavin Lux killed the Mets last night. Um, Trey uh, Trace Thompson was there, Clay's brother. Who, by the way, is authoring an incredible story in his own right for the Dodgers this year. You know, maybe they partook in a few too many honey deuces. We'll see. And maybe they're a little lethargic, lackadaisical, stepping out on that field tonight at City Field, even though Kershaw is not pitching until tomorrow afternoon. But maybe the other guys, a little uh, lackluster. And the Mets will be the ones who benefit from that. And the Mets need a strong performance. They need a win tonight because I know that these games are still just three of 162, and it's not supposed to mean all that much. But these are games you kind of define your season a little that define where you are, how good you are. Right now, the Dodgers and Mets have played five games. Dodgers have won three out of the five. Mets win tonight. They split it 3-3, and then you'll decide the season series tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon against Kershaw and Bassett. But you got DeGrom tonight, and this is start number six. And despite the fact that Jake has pitched, like, really well since coming back from that lengthy absence, the same problem still seems to arise in the fact that, you know, the Mets are only, only 3-2 and two in the games in which he's pitched, right? For his brilliance, you would expect them to go out there and win like every single time, but they're not really supporting him with a heck of a lot of run support. I mean, you look at it right now, you know, the most runs they've scored for him in a game is five. All the other times, it's three runs, two runs, one run, one run. Not good enough. You know, the guy is not perfect. He is human. You know, he's going to make a couple of mistakes. So you would like to see the Mets be able to take advantage a little bit more of when DeGrom takes the ball and when he's out there on the mound. Because after all, I mean, think about it, right? This is the same problem that they faced even before 
he got injured last year. When he was winning Cy Young's. And it's not just his win total in particular. It's the team's. You got to win games when your aces are on the mound. Don't waste those starts. And tonight he goes up against Tyler Anderson. And Tyler Anderson is a guy who's having a career year for the Dodgers this year. He's 13-2, and 2.69 ERA. But I've been saying the last couple of nights about a team like the Dodgers and somebody like Anderson in particular, no really record of postseason success. You know, he's unproven. And the way the guys are falling right now in that Dodger rotation, they're going to have to really count on a guy like Anderson come October. And good luck with that. I'd rather take my shots at DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, Walker, Carrasco, whoever it might be. Those are the guys that I'd rather ride with here. But it's not necessarily a case of just when DeGrom is on the mound. This is something we've been harping on for a while with the Mets, and that's the offense. they got to get these bats going, man. I, I said it last night, and I was proven right. They've scored three runs or less in six out of the last seven games. That's not good enough. You know, you're playing good teams especially. They're going to find a way to score more than three runs, and you're going to get beat. And that's what happened last night. Dodgers, it wasn't, you know, an explosion for them offensively, but they just scored one more than the Mets, and that's all they needed. And they continue to squander these opportunities, leaving the bases loaded in consecutive innings. 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, leaving guys on base. I mean, that has become an all-too-common theme with this baseball team, and you want to see that thing eradicated. And I worry about this offense. I really and truly do. And luckily for the Mets, the Dodgers couldn't get those clutch hits last night when they needed. And they left 12 guys on base themselves and left the bases loaded on a couple of occasions. So we'll see what happens tonight, but this is an important game. It's a measuring stick game. You might not think it is, but it is. And we'll see if they can get even here because you know what? Mets have also been lucky for the last couple of days. They've been lucky. And they've been lucky in the sense that the Atlanta Braves have lost three in a row. You know, they let a couple escape them late in St. Louis over the weekend. They took Monday off, and then they come home last night, and they welcomed in a Rockies team that, yeah, beat the Mets on Sunday, but still lost three out of four. A Rockies team that was the worst team on the road in Major League Baseball. Rockies went into that game last night in Atlanta, which is 19 wins on the road. 19 wins. That's pathetic. And they beat the Braves. So Colorado helping the Mets out after beating them on Sunday. And so the Mets lead still is at three games, even though they've lost back-to-back. You can't keep playing with fire because I'm not a betting man, but I can almost guarantee you, guarantee you, I have never been more sure about almost anything than the Atlanta Braves are going to win tonight. Kyle Wright's pitching. He's going for his 17th win. The Rockies are not winning three in a row on the road. They're just not. And especially against the good, t- and against good teams like the Mets and the Braves. It is not happening. So the Mets need to get this one tonight because if not, that lead could be two games when they go to bed tonight. Because I just cannot see Atlanta losing again. Can't see it happening. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back, we'll take some phone calls. Also, the manager gave a little bit of an update earlier today as far as injuries to some key players. Guys that are coming back, guys that won't be back anytime soon, unfortunately. And remember what I talked about last night before the game? Something that bothered me. Something that tempted fate. Something that turns out angered the baseball gods. 
And unfortunately, I was proven right. And it seems like the Mets have decided to run it back again this evening. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll explain when we return. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you mess with the baseball gods, the baseball gods are going to have the last laugh. And I thought it was a horribly conceived idea. And to be fair, you go back and listen to the podcast. I said this before the game. Even tweeted it out. Horrible idea by the Mets. To have Timmy, if you want Timmy Trumpet to come to a game and do some stuff before, whatever. But you can't paint it as Timmy Trumpet's coming to a game and he's going to perform the Edwin Diaz song live. All right, this isn't like scripted. This isn't, you know, like fake news. This isn't wrestling where it's all pretend. This is real sports. You can't just guarantee that Edwin Diaz is going to get a save situation. And oh, by the way, they planned it out so Timmy would show up when the Dodgers are in town. Only the best team in baseball who are now 52 games over 500 after beating the Mets last night. Which, by the way, Edwin Diaz did not get a save opportunity because the Mets didn't have a lead late in the game. Funny how that works, right? Isn't that something? You know the old saying, you don't touch the money? The Mets were touching the money. So they got nobody to blame themselves for that loss last night. And then, how about this? Because everybody loves Timmy. Timmy can't leave town without an opportunity to play the song and Edwin Diaz come trotting out of the bullpen. So now... Timmy, who had a free night again in his schedule this week, I guess he cleared his calendar, Timmy is back tonight to do the same thing if Edwin gets a save opportunity. I mean, what are they thinking? Are we not trying to win games here or what? Or is it all about a show? Like, this is stuff that, like, a losing team does. This is stuff that a team in, like, last place does. This, You know what this is? This reeks from, like, the previous regime with the Mets. The previous ownership. Who, as hard as they tried, couldn't figure it out. And almost intentionally got things wrong. And had PR missteps along the way. This is like something that those guys would do. Not this team. Not this ownership. Not this group. And I think they got a little too carried away with things. And I love Edwin Diaz. I love Timmy. I love the song. I love everything. But you know what? There's a time and a place for this stuff. 
and it ain't in the ballpark, and it ain't in a game against the Dodgers. Like I joked last night, hey, you know what? Show up this weekend when the Nationals are in town. Could care less. The Nationals stink. You go out there with, with seven guys in the field and still beat the Nationals. It don't matter. But you don't do it against the Dodgers. My goodness. Ronnie and New Paltz. Let's hear from him. He's first up here on the Dan Grosso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Ronnie, how are you doing? Uh, I'll tell you, pal, this is going to be an odd conversation or a brief conversation. Yes. Uh, I was at the game last night. You know, we're all depressed. We lost the game. Uh, we drove all the way down here. Uh, everything. How long of a ride is that for you from rain. New Paltz, by the way? What? How long of a ride is that for you from New Paltz? It's only an hour and a half, but it, it could stretch into two hours and a half, depending on traffic. And mm-hmm. the, my point of calling is just to, to vent myself about, you were talking about Mets management, well, logistical management and the, mm-hmm. the, the NYPD management. When Uh-oh. everybody left that game, the traffic was backed up. You could not, you moved by an inch in the parking lot to get out. There was nobody there. They had a hundred orange dressed people out there directing traffic when you come in and then have cops directing when you come in. But as you're leaving, there was not a soul there. And it's almost like an insult to us. It's like, Hey, we got your money. We charge you 30 bucks to to park here. And and, and guess what? Find your own way home. We're not going to help you get out of this, this nightmare. And it was horrific. I mean, you know, New York drivers, Jersey drivers, Long Island drivers, nobody's going to let you in for a second and you inch forward, you inch forward. And then as you drive by, you see the the cops with their lights on and they're sitting there looking at their, uh, their cell phones. Another guy's just sitting in his car eating a sandwich. I mean, why aren't you out there? The Mets are probably paying the, the city of New York money to have their guys overtime to work this thing and their own staff. Somebody's head should roll for that insulting embarrassing exit to get on the Grand Central, to get on the White Stone. I know it's got nothing to do with what you generally talk about, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's an insult to staff, and it shows poor management, and somebody, I, I just die in event. I never call sports shows. I listen all the time, but right. this was so irksome to me. Hard. Well, Ronnie, look, Hard. I mean, I, I think the common fan and, the you know, the average Joe deals with this stuff all the time when they go to games, so I appreciate you calling in, and I appreciate you shedding some light on that, and get back to us. Um, look, of course I wasn't there. I was here doing the show, but a couple of things. Number one, he had a huge crowd there last night for the Dodgers. Okay. Good crowd as you would expect. So parking lot was going to be full. You had a game that was close until the very end. So a lot of people probably stayed to the very end. That's number one. Number two, what compounds matters here this week is that it's the U S open as well. And so last night, you had the big night session. You had Nadal playing last night. And that match took for, I mean, Nadal was still playing, I think, even when our show ended last night after 10 o'clock. So you had a lot of people still out there at the tennis center, which is right across the street. And remember, everybody is trying to feed in onto that Grand Central. So you got the city field traffic. You got the U.S. Open traffic. That's why they urge and they caution people that if you're going to one or the other during this week, Take mass transit if all possible. So you don't have to worry about the car traffic and the congestion and those type of things. I'm going to deal with it myself probably on Sunday. Sunday, I'm going out to the tennis, and the Mets are playing at the same time 
right across the street against the Nationals at 140. So I'll probably be uh, <laughs> I'll probably be cursing and dealing with it myself, as a matter of fact. But you know, it's it's a lot of times it's going to be difficult leaving that stadium and leaving the parking lot. And the only thing that I suggest, I mean, I know that it's not for everybody, but unless you absolutely have to be the first one out of there, and you know you have to be home, or like otherwise, just take your time getting out of there. You know, take your time getting down, you know, stop into like one of the stores, stop into like the Hall of Fame and, you know, look around. Let some of that traffic subside a little bit. So then when you get in the car, maybe some of it is thinned out a little bit. Then when you get on the road, you can actually move. That's what I tend to do. or That's what I try to do, at least. But, you know, that, that, that's Grass's friendly pointer for leaving a stadium on this Wednesday night. 800-919-3776. So, by the way, in addition to all that with the Mets, they are dealing with some injuries. Uh, Buck Showalter offered a little bit of an update earlier today about, for one, Tyler McGill and a couple of others. He's scheduled to start. Drew's not far behind him. The plan right now, if we proceed down the road, is uh, for Guillaume May to play on Sunday down below. If he continues down the path he's on. And I haven't seen the day he was going to run the bases. I've seen him today and talked to him, but today was a big day running the bases. So if that happens. So I'm pretty sure Tyler's pitching in Binghamton tomorrow. McGill is big. Not big literally. I mean, he is. He's like 6'7". But getting him back is big. Because we sat here and we always constantly lament the fact that the Mets don't have a reliable bridge to Edwin Diaz in that bullpen. Right? They just don't. Not anybody you could trust. So, why can't Tyler McGill maybe be one of those guys? Or the guy? You hope. He's got good stuff. He's shown that he can even do it as a starter, but maybe don't even need him to do it for five, six innings at a time. Go out there and give me one. Give me a dominant inning. His stuff is electric enough to do it. Plus, he's coming off of injury. You're not asking you know, as much wear and tear from him. I've said for a couple of weeks, you know, when McGill gets back, I would like to see him in that role out of the bullpen. Start putting him in some higher leverage situations and see what comes of it. Now, also, what you didn't hear Buck mention there, and this came out a little bit afterwards, Brett Beatty, the young third baseman, has a ligament injury in his thumb. Underwent surgery, so you can't count on him for the foreseeable future, and who knows if Brett Beatty's even going to be around at any time for the rest of the year. Um Looked like it actually happened when he was, like, sliding to go get a ball on the grass. And I guess his thumb got rolled up there, and he tore some ligaments. So he had surgery. Forget about Brett Beatty. It it was good to see him get his feet wet, you know, but the struggles started to ensue at the plate. That's what happens when the league figures you out. It is a big, big jump from AAA to the major leagues when trying to figure out that pitching consistently. And he was having a hard time of it just like a lot of young players do. So, of course, you're not going to write him off for the future, but it just, you know, was not happening for him as easily as you would have liked here. So, you know, he'll have the entire offseason to reevaluate things and get better, but uh, you're knock Beatty out there for a little bit. And if Guillaume comes back, maybe that loss is minimized to a certain degree because you expect Luis to get a lot of those reps uh, there in the infield, and then they can move some things around. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back, we'll talk about the team that's out on the West Coast. They don't play for a couple more hours, but what about the Yankees in Anaheim as they get set for the rubber game? What can you expect to see from Garrett Cole this evening? We'll talk about that and more. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. How about the Yankees? Um, this is another, I, I would say, you can't even say to end the trip, but at least to get off the West Coast, you want to win this one tonight. You want to have at least a winning part of the West Coast trip because you split four games there in Anaheim, and now you go and play an Angels team, which also is not very good, and you've split the first two games with them, and you got your ace on the mound, you're expected to go out there and get the job done and play some good baseball. And I firmly expect them to do just that later on this evening. Now, as far as last night is concerned, you like the way the bats woke up. Okay, great. Because, boy, they needed to. Uh, this team has really had a hard time scoring some runs consistently of late, and it's not anything new that we've talked about. But there is a sign of concern with the way they win that game last night because – we talk about home runs and how reliant that this team has been on the ball leaving the yard. And they scored seven runs last night in that game. Five of them were earned, and two of them were unearned. All five earned runs came via the home run. So it's like this team can't find ways to score runs unless, A, the other team helps them out, like the Angels did last night with the errors, or it's leaving the yard. And that's not a recipe for success as far as I'm concerned. Not anymore, not the way this team is made up. Because guys are way too streaky. And guys are not all going to be clicking at the same exact time up and down that lineup. And you know what time I'm talking about. That would be the month of October. Which is where all this team's accomplishments are going to truly be evaluated. Are they not? Like I can imagine if Gary Cole goes out there tonight and doesn't have his best stuff and is unable to pitch this team to a victory or, at the very least, not do his part, what are we going to be sitting here talking about tomorrow? We're going to be talking about Garrett Cole again spitting the bit and Garrett Cole being a guy that you can't trust. Because this rotation is already looking shakier and shakier when you consider the fact that Montas is not the guy you thought you were getting or at least hasn't been the guy you thought you were getting. I don't have as much faith in him maybe as you do, that he's going to be able to turn this thing around. And I know that, you know, it's only been a few starts. I get it. But there's just too many bad signs already, right? And last night, or not last night, two nights ago, that was one of them. Out in Anaheim, playing against a team that he's pitched against a gazillion times, coming from Oakland, the AL West. 
He's handled that Angels team. He's pitched to like a 2-5 ERA against that Angel team in his life, except the other night when he's got a Yankee uniform on, all of a sudden he's a completely different pitcher. So right now, like, who are you actually confident in with this Yankee team? Could you imagine, by the way, if Tyone's injury was more significant last night, like that comebacker he took, what if it broke some bones? Right? What if this was going to knock him out for a little bit? Then what would this rotation look like? Remember, Severino's gone for at least a couple of more weeks. At least. Cortez, hopefully you get him back here soon. Other than that, who do you trust? You trust Domingo Herman? Really? Cole's got to be that guy. Especially now more so because everything else is crumbling down around him. And already, the way the postseason is shaping up, I mean, they traded for uh, for Frankie Montas because they expected him to be a front-end-of-the-rotation guy come the postseason. You know, in a perfect world, no particular order, they probably envision Cole, Montas, Severino, Cortez as their big four for a series. Well, it still could happen. But do you like the way that it shapes up? Right? Severino's coming off of how long of a layoff? Do you know what you're going to get from him? I sure as hell don't. Montas has been a disappointment. Cortez, uncharted waters for him. Now he's coming off the groin injury. Is he going to be able to stay upright for you? And then you have Cole. Cole, who most Yankee fans sit there and look at as Well, maybe the best version of Garrett Cole is somebody that we're never going to see again. You know, the guy who was in Houston, the guy who was a Cy Young finalist, him and Justin Verlander with that one-two combo, maybe we're not going to see that version ever again and then throw in spider tack and everything that transpired from that last year. I wouldn't close the door on that. I'm still hopeful. I'm still bullish, so to speak. But I'm not overly confident. $324 million, I mean, that's a lot of money. And we have seen too many short glimpses of that guy over the last couple of years, and especially this season. Luis Castillo was the guy that they should have gotten, but they hung on to their prospects. They didn't want to trade Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe still in the Yankee organization, not the Reds organization, and that's why Luis Castillo right now is pitching in Seattle and not in the Bronx. And that could come back to bite him. I didn't think Montas was a bad pickup. I really and truly didn't think so, but I didn't expect this. And right now this is a guy that looks, I'm not going to say scared. Scared's a little harsh. Just doesn't look confident. Doesn't trust what he's doing out there. And what happens is these games get more important as we get closer to the finish line. And they tack on an even greater sense of urgency. And God forbid you get to October. And he's out there in Yankee Stadium having to pitch a big game. And the fans are letting him hear it. Or if he's on the road and he doesn't have it and those fans are letting him hear it, then what? Then you lost the guy. That's what you did. You lost him. But thank goodness you have Aaron Judge. And thank goodness that He's still a part of this team. Because where would the Yankees be right now without Aaron Judge? Seriously. 
Where would they be? Three hits last night. Another three run jack. 51 home runs. Like, it boggles my mind that we actually are sitting here, or some people choose to sit around and debate whether or not this guy is the most valuable player. Because Shohei Otani is, you know, doing his thing with the Angels. Boone said that uh, Severino, by the way, is going to start on Friday for the Tampa Tarpons in A-ball. But remember, because they moved Severino to the 60-day IL, he can't come off of it until the middle of September at the earliest to be able to even get back there on the mound, at least on the big league club. So he's still a couple of weeks away. But as far as Judge is concerned, like, you know, the Angels aren't any good, right? They're not a good team. Otani's good. Otani even had a couple of hits last night, despite the fact how bad the rest of the team is. So let's use this logic, because when you're talking about MVPs, it's either like best player, most valuable player, most valuable to his team. Like, what's the criteria that you're going to use? So if you want to say most valuable to his team, let's examine that point of it with Judge versus Otani. Take Otani off of the Angels. An Angels team right now that is, let's see, 18 games under 500. They're in fourth place in their division, and they're 27 and a half games out of first place. How much worse could they be if Otani wasn't there? It's not like Otani's necessarily doing a lot to lift them into playing good baseball, into being a team that's worth watching, right? Now let's look at Aaron Judge and the Yankees. They got a seven-game lead in the division. Clearly, they've been scuffling a bit since the All-Star break, maybe even a little bit before then. Take Aaron Judge off of this Yankee team. Take Aaron Judge out of this lineup specifically, a lineup which is too reliant on hitting home runs. Where are the Yankees if there's no Aaron Judge? Are they in first place? They got a seven-game lead over Tampa Bay if Aaron Judge isn't on this team? They got 79 wins if Aaron Judge isn't on this team? Answer is no. So it doesn't matter what way you want to slice it, how you want to measure it, how you want to quantify it. It does not matter. Spin it any which way you like. I just gave you cold, hard facts. Barring something crazy over the next five weeks, Aaron Judge is the MVP of the American League, and it shouldn't even be close as far as I'm concerned. Shouldn't even be close. Matter of fact, I would almost vote for him unanimously. It's not going to happen, but... Because if you really want to examine the way the trajectories have been for these two players and their two teams, it's Judge and Otani is next in line. And that's how it should be. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I got more to say on Judge and the home run record chase a little bit later on in the program we'll get to that when we come back though we'll hear from the manager and we hear from another guy on this team that might be and this is dangerous might be awaking from his slumber dan grasser show on this wednesday it's 98.7 espn this is the dan grasser show on 98.7 espn (laughs) 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Aaron Boone, in meeting with the media just a little while ago, out there in Anaheim, you know, we told you about Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo's not in the lineup tonight. Uh, and apparently it's because he's dealing with a back. Um, Aaron Boone said that he thinks Rizzo is being, quote, weighed down a little bit. That from our pal Brian Hoke, who we had on the show last night. And Boone said that Rizzo won't be placed on the injured list, but... They're going to have to get a little bit creative how they deal with it. And remember, Rizzo missed some time not too long ago because of the back. And, you know, it was something that they felt was not super serious, that the worst was over with, that he was going to be, you know, in this thing for the long haul. And even though he's homered in back-to-back games and you're thinking, okay, everything is A-OK, now you know that it's not and that something is still bothering him. And, and that's a problem. Because when you look at the way that this offense and you look at this lineup at the way that they've been performing of late, you know, he's one of the guys that you actually felt good about. You know, that he was maybe starting to snap out of this thing a little bit. And okay, you got Judge and Judge and who else? Okay, Judge and Rizzo. All right, fine, that's good. And now maybe just maybe Stanton actually like gets in the mode of of finding his swing since coming off the shelf and missing all the time he did with the Achilles stuff. You know, when you got a veteran team these things are going to happen. You know, Rizzo's somebody who's been around this game for a long time. He's played a lot of ball games. You know, think about all those all those years with the Chicago Cubs. You know, how many seasons did they go to the playoffs, like consecutively? You know, and those were deep runs for those guys. And so that's extra games being, you know, put on the odometer. And you wonder if something like that just continues to take a toll, and apparently it did to his back because it's just not something he's been able to kick so far. Anyway, let's hear from Rizzo, though. This was after last night when he hit a home run, second time in second games. Why are things clicking for you? It's just the game. I wish I knew. It's the game of baseball. Just got to keep going. That's it's what this is and the longevity of it. Hopefully, you know, I, I say home runs come in bunches, but hopefully the hits come in bunches, too, and we just keep, keep playing good baseball. But for me personally, just having good at-bats. And how about the manager? Let's hear from Aaron Boone talking about the play of his first baseman. I mean, he's just, you know, he's a really good player, you know, and and eventually he's going to he's gonna get it rolling when he goes through stretches where he's struggling a little bit. You know, he's too talented and too good to not, you know, have it last that long. You know, a couple of well-hit balls last night, you know, obviously a big one there tonight, you know, and to get number 30, that's a big number. So good to see him do that. And we told you about Jamison Tyone uh, escaped major damage. I think the Yankees are fortunate, even though he had to depart early. And the bullpen did a hell of a job last night mopping things up after he left um, After he left with that comebacker with the fractured arm. Let's hear from Aaron Boone 
talking about the job the bullpen did after Jamison Tyone had to leave the game. Yeah, they were great, you know, all kind of doing their part, picking each other up. And for the most part, you know, we should have some guys in play for tomorrow, you know, headed into an off day. So once Jamo was out of there after two, you know, we knew it was going to have to be a shared load and, and everyone kind of did their part and, you know, got us to the finish line. So great job by all of them, really. Indeed. You know, those guys holding it down like that, even though Otani ended up getting a couple of hits there, um, in the end, that was a game that they needed to have. And I think that tonight's a game they need to have. You got to win this series because, oh, by the way, now you're going to go to Tampa after this. And Tampa, even though they had some bad luck regarding uh, McClanahan, who they had to put on the injured list with a shoulder impingement, and they're going to lose him for a couple of weeks. But Tampa's playing really, really well. I mean, they've won 13 out of their last 17. And even though this is a seven-game lead right now in the division, I don't think you could sit there and say by any stretch that the Yankees have this thing locked up. You can't. And that's because I think you have to have that respect for Tampa Bay. So you want to go down there at least feeling good about yourself and playing some good baseball. And this is a huge game tonight. And maybe fitting, maybe not, that it's going to be Garrett Cole on the mound tonight. And he is going to be the guy that you hope sets the tone and gives this team a little bit of a boost Heading back cross country, which the road trip still continues, but it'll be down at the Trop. And the Yankees have played well against the Rays this year, have they not? They've played well against them. They've handled them as opposed to previous seasons. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Mets on the board first. Marte Parte. Starling Marte, again, going yard, a two-run jack. Right center field against Tyler Anderson, so Mets two, Dodgers Zippo. In the bottom of the third, DeGrom's got a little bit of a cushion to work with. A little bit. I'm not going to get too crazy, but still a lead regardless. And Marte's been great. You know, he, he really has been. You know, for all, the, for all the moves that the Mets made during the offseason, like the big signings. You know, Scherzer, of course, the biggest, and that's been worth its weight in gold for $43 million. Then you have Marte, you had Canna, you had Escobar. Escobar hasn't worked out. You know, for whatever reason, he just hasn't been able to, to, to get going this year with the bat. You know, he's been a decent glove at third base, as you would expect, but his bat is what's going to merit playing time. And the way that he's hitting, it probably doesn't justify Buck Showalter putting him out there on a day-in, day-out basis, and you've already seen that. You know, that's why Guillaume was getting the reps, and, you know, that's why Brett Beatty was called up and all those type of things there. So, um, but Marte's just been great. He, I mean, he really, really is. You know, he's um, plays a good outfield. Timely hits. I mean, when you're talking about run producers this year on the Mets and you're talking about guys in that lineup that you trust, obviously, you know, I mean, they're paying Francisco Lindor to be their best hitter, but is he really their best hitter? I I, I don't think so. Jeff McNeil is probably their best quote-unquote hitter, and they got him batting down at the bottom of the lineup just to, you know, lengthen it out a little bit, but the dude's batting 320. But then Starling Marte to me is like right there. Like I feel as comfortable and as confident with him in that batter's box than any, you know, as much as any player on this team, let's say not named Jeff McNeil. You know, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo. But Marte's just been great as advertised. And it wasn't really like a big flashy sign. Like it didn't get like, you know, break the news wire. You know, he's a, cause I think he's, 
not too he's not a household name around Major League Baseball. You know, he made a couple of All-Star games. You know, and he bounced around a little bit last year. Remember, he went from Oakland, Miami, and so on and so forth. I should say Miami to um to Oakland. And you know, you're kind of playing in obscurity when you're playing in those two places. But that was a hell of a signing by Steve Cohen and Billy Epler and then Sandy Alderson. And it's good that they get to keep this guy around again. Uh, it's not just a one-year deal. He has been awesome, awesome addition for that. And <laughs> hell of a lot more productive than Michael Conforto was in right field. Let's be real, right? You know, you switch out Michael Conforto, you insert Starling Marte, and it's been like night and day. And I don't want to dump on Conforto. I liked him, but, you know, the injuries, unfortunately, got the best of him. And by the way, we have four more hours. Today is the cutoff for a player who's still a free agent to sign if they want to be eligible for the postseason. Scott Boris, who was Michael Conforto's agent, said, oh, he'll be signed by August 31st. Well, like I said, guys, we got four more hours left on August 31st, and I haven't heard anything. You? We come back. Roster shaping in the NFL. What happened with the Jets and Giants? We'll talk about it next. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. 